Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Love My Ness. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Episode 103 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by Audible, the world's leading platform for digital downloads of audiobooks. They have thousands of books to choose from. If you head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible, you pick your book from those thousands of books, you get it that book for free, and it is yours to keep whether you stay a member or not. If you do stay a member for the low price of $14.95 a month, you get a new book every single month, and you can cancel anytime and keep all of your books. I'm going to recommend to you a fantastic book called Snow Crashed by Neil Stevenson. A fantastic techno thriller, and I really enjoyed that book. So make sure that you check that out if uh, if that sounds like it's up uh, up your alley. Uh, anyway, thank you again to Audible for sponsoring episode 103 of Switchcraft. Let's hit the feedback. Okie dokie. Well, normally this is the point where I thank people for being here, uh, but I'm not recording this live. However, I will tell you that most of the time I record Switchcraft live three times a week at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and on Saturdays at whatever time the universe allows. Uh, I record that live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. However, today I was unable to record live, so this is... Uh, later at night, and I am recording it because we just had too many things going on at my house today. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for understanding, and I hope to see you guys on the Saturday episode. Uh, usually, I sit here and I thank chat, but uh, nobody's here with me right now, and that's okay because I didn't go live. Anyway, uh, let's start with feedback. I've got a review that I, somehow I missed, and I I really appreciate um, Kid Curdy. Uh, for sending this. Uh, they said, I love Nintendo Switchcraft. I started listening just a few weeks ago and didn't really like it, but as I progressively kept listening, I started to love it. Great knowledgeable host and great facts. Good job and hope you keep the podcast rolling in. Curtis Smids, aka Kid Curdy. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and for the review. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, uh, they also sent me a message asking when I uh, do the live the live stream. And, of course, they ask on the one day that I'm not doing one. So I'm sorry about that. But just in case you missed it, that's 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Saturdays, you just have to follow my Twitch channel if you want to be able to uh, know when that one is happening. I also received an email uh, the email is from Jeremy. They said, just listened to episode 102 and wanted to offer input on the 2D costume issues in Mario Odyssey. The only time I ran into this issue was when 
I was not wearing a matching outfit. Uh, I had on the racing suit, but the caveman hat, which I didn't know there was, that's cool, and I went into a 2D level. I was wearing the classic outfit. Any other time I was wearing a matching costume, it showed up in 2D as well. Haven't done any specific research on this, but I do remember this instance, and it caused me to pay closer attention to it. Thanks for the great Nintendo News podcast, Jeremy. Well, uh, Jeremy wasn't the only person to point this out to me. Kodiak Moonwolf mentioned uh, or got a hold of me on Discord. He said, I think I have an answer in regards to the 2D stuff. Um, I, I've just worked out the mystery of the costumes, what happens when the person emailed in the podcast. Uh, it looks like that if you're wearing a full costume, hat, and body, the game has a sprite for it, but they didn't make sprites for all the possible combinations. And I, I honestly can't believe that I didn't think of that because of course they didn't. That would be a huge number of combinations, and it would look. I think it would look weird. Uh, so there's our answer, and thank you to the uh, listeners here, the audience, for figuring that out for us, because I'm of no use. <laughs> I didn't figure it out. Uh, anyway, if you're looking for ways to get a hold of me, you can do so by tweeting at me at runjumpstomp. You can leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260 5867. I think that I have a voicemail to play, but I'm not going to play it today uh, just because I didn't prep it. I'll hold that for next time if I've got one. Uh, you can do like Kodiak Moonwolf did and get a hold of me on Discord. That's runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Or you can email me like Jeremy did at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Let's get to the news. Today's main topic is about. Monopoly. Monopoly for the Nintendo Switch has come out. It's got a crazy $40 price tag and the game is unfinished. And I'm not, you know, I hate to rail against these, this particular uh, company, but this is just the, this is a symptom of a problem. This is a one more example in a long line of games shipping unfinished unfinished games. Now, the ridiculous price of Monopoly aside, let's talk about unfinished games being shipped. How how is it that Monopoly is unfinished? Well, apparently there is a pretty significant bug, and in that bug, what happens is that you could have up to 13 minutes and 42 second load time when starting the game. Now, most people are not getting that. However, those who have downloaded the Monopoly game are rep- are reporting uh, load times between 5 and 10 minutes, and then Kotaku uh, clocked a 13-minute, 42-second load time, which is crazy. Now, Ubisoft has responded, and they said that there is a fix. Uh, if you shut your switch off entirely and then turn it back on, it will reduce the load times to 10 seconds, which, of course, 10 seconds is no problem. That's not a big deal. But this workaround is not something that we should have to do. Um, Ubisoft has responded. They said, We are aware of the loading time issue with Monopoly for Nintendo Switch, and our teams are working on a patch to resolve the issue as soon as possible. In the meantime, players should reboot their Nintendo Switch prior to starting Monopoly for Nintendo Switch. We will share an update when the issue has been resolved. This is the kind of thing that should not get past QC. This is the kind of thing that Nintendo should say, hey, you're not putting this out on our platform. Nintendo is the platform controller, and Nintendo 
is definitely partly responsible for this. But who do I really blame? I don't blame the devs. I blame the suits at Ubisoft. And this kind of issue, which has happened many, many times, there's been far too many times where we've bought a game and there's been a massive day one patch that we have to download, or not even day one. Look at NBA Playgrounds. They We had to wait quite a while to get that game fixed. Um, but developers are using the fact that most consoles are connected to the internet as an excuse for shipping unfinished product. And I find this insulting as a gamer and offensive. And I don't think that Nintendo should have let Ubisoft ship the game in this state. I think that you can guarantee that if this, um, if the game had Nintendo characters on the cover, like Mario plus Rabbids, Nintendo would have exercised just a little bit more control. And this makes me think that maybe Nintendo had a little bit more control over Mario plus Rabbids than they said that they did. I think maybe perhaps Nintendo had the final say, and I don't know this for sure, but this is just what my gut says. I think maybe Nintendo had the final say on whether or not Mario plus Rabbids was done or not. And they didn't exercise that control this time. And that's a shame. Uh, Nintendo used to have this thing on all of their games called the Nintendo Seal of Quality. And a lot of people might, you know, they might say it didn't really stand for anything. It was just a way for Nintendo to control how many games got onto the platform so that shovelware wouldn't show up. But I, I think that that seal on an NES box meant something. And, you know, we don't have that anymore. And it makes me wish that Nintendo was just a little more controlling, which is a weird thing for me to say, because most of the time I say, oh, get your hands off. But I don't like that uh, games get shipped on platforms and then the, the, the consumer is responsible for using up their data to download, um, to download these massive patches, which, you know, that's, that's a little crazy. Especially in a day and age where some people, especially at like countries like Australia, where they have ridiculous data caps, places like Canada, where there are ridiculous data caps, and now some places in the United States, because we have essentially a duopoly between our ISPs here, um, you know, they're price fixing, and or at least there was that's what it seems like, but it feels like they're price fixing. And that they are forcing bandwidth caps down our throats to have a uh, publisher put out a game that has a ridiculously large patch on day one is an issue. And I, I don't know how big the patch for Monopoly is going to be. I can't imagine that it's going to be a big patch. But it's the same problem. The same problem is unfinished games getting released. And it really, really bugs me. All right, let's talk about something else that bugs me. Boy, I'm feeling a little bit like Andy Rooney, very negative right now, but that's okay. Here's the other thing that bugs me. Uh, EA is in no rush to make more video games for Nintendo Switch. This comes from Takahashi Mochizuki. Sorry if I butchered your name, sir. He's the tech reporter at the Wall Street uh, Journal. He tweeted today uh, this story. Uh, Electronic Arts is waiting 
until Nintendo's new Switch has been on the market for a full year before deciding whether to release more games for it besides FIFA 18, the company's finance chief, Blake Jorgensen, tells the Wall Street Journal. The Switch, both a home console and portable gaming device, launched in March, uh, and EA's soccer game was released on it in late September. Jorgensen says that it's too soon for EA to judge the success of FIFA 18 on the device and wants to fully understand what the demand is for the Switch before committing more resources to it. Uh, and that is from, again, Takahashi Mo- Mochizuki. Uh, well, EA, you're dropping the ball. You're really dropping the ball. I mean, not to use a sports metaphor, but there are people on the Switch who want to play sports games. I'm not one of them, but there are plenty of people who are. And while you start with your your big heavy hitter FIFA, your big test, which is what you what which is what they said it was. They said FIFA is going to be a test to see how well our games are going to sell on the Switch platform. The only problem with this is is FIFA and sports games in general are without a doubt multiplayer experiences. I don't really don't think a lot of people pick up Madden or FIFA or whatever other sports game that they want. Uh, I don't think that people pick those up for the single player experience very often. And FIFA 18 on the Nintendo Switch launched with a glaring omission, and that's the ability to join friends and play on the internet. And I've talked about this on the show before, so I'm not going to retread what they said, uh, or I'm not going to go back and find out exactly what they said, but I'll paraphrase it here. They said, if you're looking for people to play with, play local or play with randos. That's their that's their response. And I find it just to, to be a little disingenuous. Now, for those of you that don't know, part of the FIFA license that EA... EA has uh, been granted the FIFA license, and part of the requirements for EA having the FIFA license is that they have to release a game on every platform for FIFA. Uh, So every console that comes out, EA is supposed to, and this is what I've read, I don't know if it's 100% true, but I've read that EA has to launch a game on that system. Now, it seems to me like... There were quite a few people that thought that FIFA was good. Not great, but good. Um, but if you want to make it great, you got to have to have online multiplayer where you can play with your friends. Now, EA blamed Nintendo, and they said, well, Nintendo doesn't have a built-in system for that. Well, okay, but Nintendo has uh, Splatoon 2, and I can play with my friends there. Uh, Nintendo has ARMS, and I can play with my friends there. And so they just, instead of building it as a system-wide thing, they built it into their games themselves. There's nothing stopping FIFA from building it into their game themselves. I'm sorry, EA from building it into FIFA themselves. Except for they just wanted to ship the game to meet the requirement by FIFA with the lowest amount of work possible. Now, I'm not saying that's the devs. I don't think for a minute that the devs want to ship a less than awesome game. 
that's the suits. The suits are the ones to blame here. The suits are the guys who look at the spreadsheets and say, if we don't ship it by this date, we're going to lose 2% profit or something like that. That's the issue. And EA is looking at the Switch and they're saying, yeah, sure, it's selling a lot of consoles, but people didn't buy FIFA. Well, of course people didn't buy FIFA. You shipped a multiplayer game without the ability to play with your friends. Why would anybody buy it? In fact, I know for a fact that there are people on my friends list that returned the game because they couldn't play with their friends, among other issues. So anyway, EA says that they're playing the waiting game. For me, I'm not really affected. I don't play most of their games. Most of them don't appeal to me. The one game that I would really want to play is Star Wars. Is the Star Wars franchise. Not necessarily Battlefront, because I'm, I'll probably end up getting that on the PS4 or PC. But the Star Wars franchise, and I would love to have a Star Wars game on the Switch. We probably won't see that because EA is pretending to play the waiting game and they just don't want to come out and say, we're not going to make anything for the Switch. All right, let's talk about gameplay. I haven't had a lot of time to play uh, since the last episode, but that's okay. Uh, I'm still working my way through Super Mario Odyssey. I played some multiplayer with my son uh, last night and we did a boss fight and it was really, really fun. Um... We started out, he was Mario and I was Cappy and we were running around fighting the boss and he was having trouble avoiding some of the boss's attacks. So I asked him if he wanted to switch. We traded controllers. I was Mario, he was Cappy and we took the boss down and it was really cool because we had a lot of fun. We were communicating like, hey, uh, hit that thing back over there and do this and uh, okay, now he would say, okay, dad, jump on him or whatever and we had a lot of fun doing that. You know, that was just a boss fight. I haven't tried platforming with him, though. Uh, we'll see how that goes sometime in the future. I have a feeling that the platforming is going to be much more difficult to pull off as two people because, like, sometimes you want to have Cappy out there for you to jump off of. And if I'm not in control of Cappy, then that could get a little frustrating. Uh, also... One thing that I did notice is that when he was controlling Mario and I was controlling Cappy, you know, he was in charge of where the camera was pointing, basically. And I wanted, like, in my brain was like, okay, point the camera this way. But he was doing his own thing. And so there's a little bit more. Um, you got to make sure that whoever it is you're, that, you're, that you're playing with, that you're good at communicating with them. And I, I, I will say that the multiplayer that we've played has been really fun, and I would like to try and play through the entire story with him in the future, just he and I sitting down and playing it. We'll see if that happens or not. I mean, I've got a lot to do in the game, and I don't know if you can do multiple saves or not. I might have to just create another account to do multiple saves. Uh, anyway, uh, that's that's it for gameplay. Let's hit the lightning run, and then we're out of here. All right, two quick stories. The first is that Nintendo says that Super Mario Run has yet to reach an acceptable profit point uh, a year after launch, which that's not sounding great. Uh, they said, although we have not yet reached an acceptable profit point, we have learned a lot in terms of game development and deployment that we want to take advantage of moving forward. I think that the main issue with Super Mario Run is that Nintendo 
made a mistake in how they sold the game. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Nintendo put out Super Mario Run. Uh, they gave you a few free levels, and then it was a $10 in-app purchase in order to buy the game. Now, the issue with that is that everyone who downloaded the game for free can also review the game. What Nintendo should have done is if they wanted to put out a demo, put out a demo, and then as a separate app, put out the $10 app. People would have um, only reviewed the game if they liked it. And this is something that mobile developers do all the time. They want to manipulate how those are. And a lot of people who gave Nintendo, or I'm sorry, Super Mario Run a bad review, they did so based on the price. And $10 for a game is not a bad price at all if you're a gamer. The problem is is that most of the people who reviewed that game are people who don't really play games, and, and to them, a game is not something that you usually will pay for. And if you do pay for it, it's usually where you're nickeled and dimed, and you pay way more than $10 over time, but you don't really realize it because you're slowly paying it over time. Uh, Nintendo was much more profitable with Fire Emblem Heroes, where they used a, a more traditional uh, mobile uh, monetization model. That being said, uh, they're not happy with the profits that they made from Super Mario Run. I hope that doesn't mean that they're going to run away from... Well, look at that pun there. Uh, I hope that doesn't mean that they're going to leave behind the idea of uh, charging once for a game and then everything being free after that. I hope that that's what they continue to do. However, I doubt it. Uh, the next story in the lightning round is that the uh, chiptune software Korg, that's K-O-R-G, is coming to Nintendo Switch. I guess it's not just chiptunes, but most of the stuff that I listened to that was made on it is chiptunes. And it's a music production software, and it's coming in spring 2018. Uh, I think that's cool. I won't get it because it's not something for me. But if you're somebody who likes to make music, now you can make it on the go using your Switch. That's really rad. Uh, anyway, that's it. Let's hit the coming soon, and then we'll wrap things up. All right, today is November 2nd. And coming out today on Nintendo platforms, we've got on the Wii U eShop a game named Tomaling. Uh, 3DS eShop, we've got Phil's Epic Philippix Adventure. Sure, whatever. And then on the Switch eShop, we've got Wheels of Aurelia, Chess Ultra, More Fight, which is that cool third-person shooter game where you are uh, making people's body parts smaller and yours bigger by shooting them. Uh, we've got Sparkle 2 Evo and Art of Fighting 3. On November 3rd, we've got the... Uh, new Nintendo 2DS XL Pokeball Edition. And real quick before I go, uh, people have linked a couple of things to me about the uh, Link, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, the Link uh, 2DS. That's not a clamshell design. That's the wedge design. Uh, they've got this cool green one coming out. Anyway, that's it for today. That's all the time that we've got. If there's a story that I missed, let me know, or a topic that you'd like discussed, drop me a, a, a message about that. If you're looking for ways to support the show, you can do so by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash support. Uh, right there, you will find links to my, um, my Amazon affiliate link. You'll find a link to the 
uh, Audible. Um, Audible, my brain stopped working. What's it called? The Audible link where you can get a free audio book uh, when you sign up. And um, if you're looking for other ways to support, again, you'll find all of that stuff there. Thanks to Noteblock and Tom Winter again for your fantastic music. Make sure you check those guys out. I'm out of here, and I'll see you guys on Saturday. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audio books and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show.